Okay. And then like Houston Astros MLB, which, which order was that? Then it was Houston Astros. The Houston Astros called was like, Hey, we're looking for someone. And then I was that person, but I came to the Houston Astros when they had zero fans. Literally, I couldn't even give my tickets away. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there were those. When was that? That was in 2014, I want to say 2014 wow. or 2013, somewhere yeah. around there. Yep, yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, then MLB, like what? What? How did that transition take place? Were you just? Did you apply for it? Did they call for you? What's going on? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. After the Dallas Cowboys, I never applied for another job. But the after winning the championship, well, dur- right before the championship, the, the 2017 championship, the one with the trash cans. Yeah, um, that <laughs> one. <laughs> that one. Um, they called and say, hey, we've heard a lot about her. It was between Miami and Houston Astro. I mean, and MLB. And they're like, hey, we'd like to bring her to New York. I was like, it's that time. I'm a New York native. So I took the plunder. I waited until I got my ring and then I was out to MLB. Woo! Oh, that's amazing. All right. So uh, how did all these, how did these opportunities come about? Where did that start? Yeah, this is a great question. So it's interesting. Um, In college, I studied communications and PR. My goal was to become like a leader in the PR space. Um, but somehow I always had this weird connection to technology. My dad used to fix computers, just uh, do all that stuff. And I never really saw a future in that until I was like, hey, I really see more money in the technology space early on. Now I went to college at a young age, 16. So I really didn't know much Woo. about the peripheral as well too. Yeah, so I was very lost. Um, but I realized there's no really career for me in PR. It's just an oversaturated market. So I was like, let me just take a chance at an internship. So if I do something, I'm going to go big or go hard. So I went, I saw an internship open for the Dallas Cowboys as an IT intern. And I said, okay, I'm going to try to apply for this. And remind you, I had a communications background, PR, and I was going against thousands of candidates that were way overqualified than me. And I, I sat down with the CIO and I said, hey, look, I may not look like your candidate on paper, but I promise you, I will be the best candidate that you have here and the best employee if you just give me the opportunity and to this day he still checks on me he's over with the washington redskins i mean washington commanders but yeah and then from there my trajectory was just like work hard work hard work hard they hear about me do your work call me over to another you know role and then ship has been sailed for the last 10 years in that space Oh, and now now you're off to the races, helping lots of people build, build, build. And I'm excited to dive into that. Before I do, though, what's your favorite sports team? <laughs> you know, <laughs> All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I am super excited to have Teresa Sue on because she's also in the sports industry. And like, I'm a super big fanatic of sports. So it's always fun. And from I'm a, I'm a big fan of I'm an, I'm a sports nerd. I like the operations behind it. I like to know what's going on behind the scenes and how things work. And so we get to pick her brain about her experience with my Dallas Cowboys, Go away, Stephen A. Just go away. All right. And the Houston Astros. 
I'm a Rangers fan, though. I've been a Closet Rangers fan for a long time, so woo! Uh, but Houston Astros, my son's a fan, so he just got his jersey. Or not his jersey. He just got his sweater. It's like twice as big as him. He loves it to death, and we're going to be going to a Houston Astros game this year. Um, and she's worked with the MLB. So there's Sue, and, and she's worked in tech. We've got so much to talk about, so much value will come out of this conversation. So make sure that you've got a pen and paper ready to take some notes. Um, she's got an amazing life experience. It goes back to her roots with her dad as well. And, and I love that. Anytime I can learn from somebody who uh, has had that parental experience of, you know, of wisdom behind them, like, I'm like, oh, teach me. Um, my dad, I, I didn't quite learn the same lessons, same lessons from him, not to, not to roast him too bad. Um, but uh, let's move into these sponsors a little bit before we dive in. So uh, laid back languages with Patrick Creighton. Um, I love Patrick and he, he makes my, every time I get to talk to this guy, I have an amazing experience. And so we do help him on his growth, but he helps people learn foreign languages and he knows, and he teaches six different languages and how to become fluent in those languages quite fast. Now, Patrick didn't have to teach me Spanish I already knew Spanish. And I learned Spanish fluently within four and a half months. Uh, it's not cause I'm a super genius. It's does have a lot to do with my dedication, though, and my desire to learn um, that subject when I when I wanted to learn it. But there are some other disciplines that helped me do that. It was 18 months later before I not 18 months later. It was 14 months later before I realized that I had achieved fluency. When I met Patrick and saw what he was up to and how he was teaching and going about what he was doing, I was like, dang, this dude gets it. He really understands. So I can vouch for that. Uh, he's, he's, doing, he's up to some great things. So if you're in the process of learning languages, I highly recommend checking him out. If you're in the process of solidifying your legacy or you're writing a book or you got a book launch that didn't go super well, most book launches don't. You don't want an Amazon book out there where you're claiming you're a bestseller and you've got less than 20 reviews. That's not good. Uh, people look at that and know that your book launch did not go well. You don't have to be offended by that or upset. You can actually get some help resurrecting that. I recommend Detail Publishing for that process. Ashley Demoke Detail is one of my favorite people on earth. One of my top 20, maybe even top 10. And I got a lot of families. So that says a lot about who Ashley is as a person. She wrote a book called Wallace the Westie for children. She also used to write and manage all of the content strategy for Nomad Capitalists. Nomad Capitalists being one of the most, uh, most sought after financial advisors in the world. Um, and so if you look at the, the 2000 plus articles that they have on there, you would understand why I appreciate this woman so much and what her capacity is, her ability to research and develop sophisticated strategies while also having the heart and mindset to recognize what children's needs are and communicate at that level makes her a superhuman being that is very hard to compete with. Now, there's plenty of other opportunities out there um, for, for book publishing, like self-publishing school and like Rakesha Pittman over in Dallas. I love her as well. She's also great at what she does. Um, so as you as you look and explore what your opportunities are to solidify your legacy and put content out there, those are three fantastic people that I would recommend interviewing um, and you now know, of course, my top pick, um, which would be which would be Ashley or Rakesha, um, either one of them. Fantastic. Then there's the Water Project. If you're in a position to give back, please do. The Water Project supports um, specifically communities in Africa where there's millions of people who do not have access to clean drinking water. Um, and one of the one of the pictures you'll see on the screen if you're if you're watching and not just listening in is of these kids celebrating water as though it's Christmas. And that 
it, it makes my heart feel good, but at the same time, it really hurts. I'm like, man, what if that were my kids? Um, you know, they didn't have access to it. And the cool thing about the water project is when you give to one of these communities, you get to see the progress of the community. You get to see what their goal is and what they're up to. You get to see how they sustain the process. You get to see what it is that they're building. And then you get to see pictures of the outcome as well. Um, so without, without further ado, I'm going to move over to bringing Teresa on stage. But if you're in a position to uh, give back, please do. And if you're in a position to just share that, also to that, you never know who in your network will be in a position to give back. If you have something, a cause that you'd like to see us support, just drop the link in the comments. There's no competition. There's an opportunity for abundance. We have the opportunity to give, give back, share, and uh, collaborate for the success of the 8 billion people on this planet. And I hope you join forces with me in that. So Teresa Sue, thank you so much for joining us on Vision Pros Live. This is going to be amazing. Of course. Yes, yes. I'm so happy that you invited me on. I'm happy to now. Now this this company that you're building again. We got to talk a lot about the sports industries. I want to move into your company first because I just I just know there's going to be fire behind this. One <laughs> Tesla is that how you say the company name? That is exactly how you say it. Tesla. It was originally supposed to be Techly, but it's Tesla. Tesla. I like it. Well, Techly will have its place in the in the history book. Um, uh, but Tesla. Tell us about Tesla. What is it, and what are you doing with it? Yeah, so Tesla started as an upskill platform. So I saw a major gap between the ability for people to transition careers and being ready, like job ready. They don't want to go back to college. They don't have the time. They don't have the finances or money. So the rise of boot camps have been a thing, especially in the tech industry. Yes. But there definitely still is a gap. There's boot camps, but there's boot camps that teach you basic information, but do they make you job ready? So what I've been doing is I've been testing the market for a year before introducing our AI platform, which will be released this year, early this year. So, yeah, I'm so excited about it. So Tesla pretty much will take you from whatever goal or whatever vision that you have for yourself and take you to your end goal, right? So from the beginning, I'm in nursing, right? I don't want to do nursing anymore. Instead of going through the whole process of Google, LinkedIn, all these multiple places to find out how to get your next job in tech, you can just go to Tesla, talk to our Tesla bot, and we will find the perfect courses for you based on your current skill set. You'll take a skill test, and then we will match you with careers, companies, and then train you on your interviews. And we have a built-in resume AI system. So it's a seamless process, right? We've been testing it for a year now. And like I said, I'm so excited to have the beta product almost out. Um, so people can actually get their hands on the technology portion of it. Oh my goodness. I love what you're building. I absolutely love it. Uh, I, so I've, I've got a concept that has been harbored on accident, probably from a past scarcity mindset. Um, right. But I just, yeah, it just doesn't, I'm, I'm going to reveal it right now. Um, and that that's basically like, I, I blew it and didn't launch what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so that, 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 let me just let you, I'm not going to steal your thunder here. You did it. Um, you got it done, but here's what I saw. I saw, um, in the early days of LinkedIn, uh, there was this company called lynda.com and lynda.com was purchased by LinkedIn for a little more than $2 billion. Um, and I'm sitting there going when I was in the middle of writing a book, um, the book's called dead and broken jobs, are, jobs are dead. Universities are broken. Um, and a guide to moving towards freelancing. Right. So stay with me. Here. Um, yeah. then LinkedIn buys that. And I thought, Whoa, 
That's a really brilliant move. If I was LinkedIn, and I don't think they've done this yet, and I'm surprised, but if I was LinkedIn, I would be going to companies like Dell and USAA and MLB, et cetera, saying, hey, listen, all, all of you guys have these benefits packages where you're sending your employees, allowing them to go back to school and you're paying for it. And they're using those degrees to get jobs at your competitor environments and the degrees not really contributing to what they need to know to perform yeah. better in their role here in your company. So what we've yeah. done is as for the corporation, like on the corporate sales team, we've created curated content based on LinkedIn learning so that you have content available that's applicable to advancing them in their career while also making it completely applicable to here in house yeah. and just shift your budget. You don't just shift your budget from paying for universities that don't ta tailor their courses to you to our mm -hmm. program and yeah. provide that as a benefit solution, right? So here you are adding entirely new levels of doing something very similar to that. I mean, do you agree yeah. or disagree? That was my concept. Does that make sense? No, 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 exactly. No, we have a Tesla for teams coming right after that, which is taking that whole Linda model because I worked within Linda and I know for a fact it wasn't catered to my current job. I was like, why am I taking this? This doesn't help me at all. So we built a tool pretty much that scans your current skill set. What if your manager is looking for you to do something or it needs you to upskill in a certain role or you want to go for a promotion and you need this skill set, it's going to like single out your, what your goal is, right? It's not going to have you do any BS courses or anything like that, that really don't matter and that you skip through anyway. So yeah, you're, you definitely were onto something. I think Linda, they got really lucky. They got really lucky because yeah, I, yeah. I don't really see the value in it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's fair. That's fair. And they had plenty to optimize, right? And and then there's uh, Coursera, um, and 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 that got bought. Or no, I'm sorry. They received a 150 million dollar investment from Facebook when Facebook changed to Meta. Um, and there's yeah. there's all these different uh, learning opportunities and plans. But what you said really hit my heart, and that was in relation to the nurses, right? In relation to, and I I know that nurses. 10 to 15 years into nurses, man, ask them how much they love their job. Um, you know, most of them are stressed out the wazoo. They're, they're tired of going through what they have to go through. If the system were better, then sure, they might appreciate being a nurse. Um, but the system's difficult. It's tough. And that was before COVID. Um, with COVID, now it's even harder. And yet, if they want to change careers, oh, like it feels like a tsunami of doubt just, just hits yeah. you. Um, and it's like, what can I possibly do with my, yeah. my, and same thing with stay at home moms who feel like they don't, I mean, they're the best managers of moms. They, they got insubordinate children. You know, they, gotta, they can't fire their children. You know, right. <laughs> like their skill set is amazing in like project management fields. Like, yeah, I have a nurse going through our program right now and she's just there at her job. And you could tell she's like, I'm waiting to get out. I feel so bad. I had so many nurses. I even had lawyers come through. Um, and it's just the same story. There's no work-life balance. They're they're not either getting paid for their work or they're overworked, you know, and they just don't have a, the normalcy of life. Yeah, it's, mm. it's sad. But And then, you know, you see their resume and they try to go into roles like technical roles with some of the skill sets. And it looks straight like for years they've been in the medical field. In reality, it's too competitive in tech to even take that serious. So what's that gap? It's upscaling, but taking your current skill set and making it, you know, 
just improving on that with technical skills, right? right? How can we make you a more attractive candidate? Well, and there's two there's two unfair advantages you have on that. One is is optimizing the wording, right, of the resume itself to make it applicable. Um, but two, you are the living proof of that 16 year old who said, "I'm going to be the best candidate." Right? You you leveraged your own intuition, your own confidence, self awareness. You know the the reality of the the human to human connection that was there. And so as a, as a leader in this space, right, you've got, you got both those mechanisms planned out. I'm rooting for you. Like, this is, this is so cool. All right. So uh, if we were to, if we were to define for the audience, um, like, you know, who else, who should be listening right now? Who's going to get the most out of this conversation as we explore your vision and your, your leadership experiences um, and, you know, why, why they should be listening to you? Who would that be? I definitely feel like, especially with my own audience, I think at when you're at that decision point after high school where you're like, what do I do with my life? This is one just subject group. What do I do with my life? Right. I'm I've definitely have been the leader in that space of this is what you should do based on these results or stuff like that. Or if you're a career transitioner, you're tired of your current job, you know, you if you need career help or you're going through workplace issues. Now, I'm not HR or employment law specialized, but I definitely have been in the industry long enough to know, you know, what the real truth is, right? What you should and what you shouldn't do coming to as a friend. So those that are just in the focused on their career growth, you know, just education wise, figuring out what tech is for the first time. Should I go in that direction? Those people that are pretty much scared about AI too. I, I definitely feel like that's where my listener bases are for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with all the above on that. Um, so those who are building AI projects, uh, you can piggyback this conversation and, and learn some things to model. Um, let's talk about your vision for those that you serve. So there's the path that we've already talked about, and that's helping them get to where they want to go. But what do you feel like the the outcome vision? What's that final destination look like for people? I think for me, definitely is giving them what they hope for, right? Like their goal, their initial goal. A lot of people lose track of that along the way because something yes. seems unattainable. So I like to relate it to every year, at the beginning of the year, everybody has these big goals. Like I'm going to go in the gym, I'm going to be strong. But halfway through, you notice they all taper off because that goal doesn't seem attainable because life just happens, right? Or you're not, you're not being, you don't have any gratification along the way to help you, right? So that's what, I, that's where I come in, right? I'm that person that shows you that this is a goal that not only many others reach, but you can reach as well, right? And I'm going to simplify this for you. I'm not going to complicate it. And along your journey, I'm going to give you gratification and reassurance that you're on the right way. And I am going to pair you with people who are going through that same journey with you. Um, so I, my goal is to see people from point A to their point B, like the full process, the full transition, Absolutely. And let's talk about your vision for you. What does that look like, Teresa? What do you see on your horizon? Yeah, I, you know, a lot has changed in the last two years for me, right? Leaving corporate, becoming, you know, a, a leader in this career space, um, but also just finding myself as a CEO for the first time, right? Going from managing a team to like managing a company is completely different. So I, I definitely want to grow in that space of 
um, learning to be uncomfortable, <laughs> right? I'm so used to the corporate mindset of you work eight to five, then you turn off and you kind of like live your other life. <laughs> like, But with entrepreneurship, there is no turning off. You're constantly going. So I definitely want to um, embrace that change, right? For me, right? I know I'm up to any task that I set for myself. If I'm going to see, have this company, I'm going to see it through, right? I'm going to work the hardest to get it to its light. I know that I can already trust myself to do that, but just trust myself along the process to take care of myself in that whole journey. Right. And, and I love what you said there. There's no, there's no turning it off that I would say yeah. there's nobody that will turn it off for you. Um, and so you have to find your own infrastructure on that. And that's a challenge, um, you know, and so I, I had somebody ask me uh, uh, over Christmas week, um, they said, you know, oh, like, do you have to work? And I said, yeah, my boss is a real a-hole um, and I have to go to work tomorrow. Um, you know, and, and she's like, oh, really? That sucks. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's me. Um, uh, <laughs> she's like, what? Uh, I was like, no, it was my uh, my nephew's um, uh, partner. And yeah. so I was just explaining to her a little bit the dynamics of like, you know, you you learn to be responsible um, with the process of like you are accountable for everything. And when you're accountable yeah. for everything, if you're responsible with it and you're really dedicated and passionate, um, sometimes we work like Superman with the laser eyes where like yeah. we burn through everything. Learning to, to control that can can be uh, can be a challenge in and of itself. Yeah, I what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you uh, also still find that balance? Um, do you are you know or are you Tesla? I sleep in the office, never leave, and and you know what what does that look yeah. like? That's so interesting because somebody asked me that on my social media cha uh, channels today. They were like, "How do you find work life balance?" Because I just recently posted a video that showed how many hours I work per week, and my hour my days that I work is like sixteen hours, twelve hours, mm. fourteen hours, something extreme. So, you know, the, right? the political answer here is, you know, yeah, of course, you know, I find time to go outside and get fresh air, but I, I'm realistic. I'm in the trenches right now. Right. And yeah, good for you. Um, when I say good I, for you, I'm just happy that you admit that you admit your reality. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean yeah. by that. It's not like, oh, that's what I endorse or approve of it. Finishly in hearing that. I'm not saying like, oh, like Teresa, you need my approval. No, it's just like, I'm so happy you're being honest. Yeah, I'm, I just, I'm in the trenches, right? And I have accepted that. That's just something that I know I have to see through. So do I have much balance right now in my life? No, but also I built an at-home office so that, you know, my children have access to me. My husband have access to me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can also balance my life here and there with also working, you know, step away, step aside. You know, I, I do have a, a physical office too, but again, making that choice to build this home office that I can do a lot of my work here as well. That's the balance that I'm going to get for the next five years, but that's okay. I made that commitment. <laughs> Right. Exactly. And, you know, it's it is strange in, in a world where there's so many different different elements you can fill your cup up with. Um, yeah. Right. If we were to compare our time elements, what we use our time with as though they're like sand, oil, water, etc. Like we have an unlimited set of resources these days because of all of our online relationships. Like I'm spending my hour with you. Um, you know, like that's, that's what I'm doing right now. And somebody be like, oh my gosh, he's working too. I love this. This is fun. Oh, yeah. you know, this fills my cup. Can I do this 20 interviews of these in a day? No, 
Um, you know, like that crushed me. Um, you know, but I can do I can do three to five. Um, yeah. I, I can hang in there. I'm, I'm moving it down to two, to be honest. But <laughs> but three to five, like I I can do that. And so, so somebody else can do ten in a day. Good for them. You know, like yeah. Yeah. we all have different yeah. thresholds on on what balance and and work and life look like and how to overlap them. So you do you. Um, but exactly. it's you know you also you also have like somebody can accuse you of not having balance, but you're an entrepreneur. You obviously yeah. appreciate sports. You have yeah. children. You have yeah. a husband. You have yeah. a home. Like there's a lot yeah. of balance. Like that's that's a proof right there. Yeah, exactly. I and you know, and I talk about this all the time. Like, no, nothing is gonna get my full hundred percent, right? And we're all human. I'm not made to be a robot and perfect, right? Some days, like my company gets a good portion of this. Some days, my children get a good portion, and then some days, my husband get the most portion. But that's life, right? And if every if everybody understands the bigger mission, then in five plus years, then we'll all be relaxing and having people do what I'm doing now for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won't have to be as present. So if I grind now while I have the capability right. to do so, I have the endurance, I have the, you know, the grit to kind of go after it. I might as well go after it now so that when my kids get older and they, they need more time because they're in high school and whatnot, I'm there, I'm available. But that takes going through the trenches <laughs> and that's okay. That's, that's okay. That's law of the harvest. Oh man, yeah. I'm a big fan of law of the harvest. I watched the Steve Harvey video the other day. And he talked about planting seeds and how he spent his whole life planting seeds and he keeps planting seeds. And, and, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to remind people, especially when they're starting out or beginning. It's like, like you got to build the vineyard to have a vineyard, right? Yeah. You don't even have grounds to plant seeds in yet. Um, yeah. you, know, like you, you do yeah. have to get in the trenches and really yeah. build this stuff out. Um, so that there's a whole lot of work that goes into that. Let's shift gears though. Let's shift gears to a super dark subject. What's Ooh. the worst leadership experience you've ever had been in experienced or seen oh man this one okay this one hits hard for me because all through my corporate career i've always had that chip on my shoulder of people just doubting me and i i was on live last night talking about this too where for example whenever i first told people that um, I was going to work for the Dallas Cowboys. They thought I was going to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Never thought I was going to work with tech. Right? So I'll was, honor the fact that I can see why they thought you were going to be a cheerleader. You are being it's just what they were thought oh, was just bubbly, all this crazy stuff. But I'm like, that that was my first entryway into like, interesting. This is interesting. So going into that, I didn't realize how different I looked in the industry. Um, in this tech industry that is male dominate, dominated, usually typically white male. And I don't look like the standard, right? And at that time I was pretty young, 19. So going into like this doggy dog world, double. <laughs> and um, there was one person definitely that kind of started the journey of, oh, this is gonna be a tough ride, right? I don't wanna get into specifics because you know I love my, my corporate experience and whatnot, but um, it was a rude awakening when um, I was told, like, no one cares what you think. No one in front of everyone. Right. And I remember I remember sitting at a table. It was our it was our it was our team meeting. And it was like our, my first week being there. And everybody had to go round table to tell them what everybody was working on. And this person just mentioned, like, you know, uh, you know, you don't have to say nobody really cares what what's going on with you. And I, I really thought it was a joke because I'm just like this. This 
that doesn't seem too real. So I remember what I, my my instant was like, do not cry in front of these people. That's one thing, just don't do, don't do that. So I remember sucking it up and I was like, okay, this is gonna be the journey. This is gonna be the journey. And I went to the bathroom. I shed a little tears. I came back and I said, this is the ride that I'm going to ride. Um, and from there, it's just been, you know, a fight uphill with proving myself, you know, am I the right person for the job, you know, trusting and and trusting my ability to get things done and having to prove it. Right. But it's okay because it made me strong enough to run a company. Now, when I have to make those tough decisions, tough decisions, I make sure that when talking to my team, I'm not talking to them the same way that people were talking to me. You know, I'm talking right. with great. Um, so yeah, I, no, I can't wow. give specifics obviously, but I definitely say like no journey is easy for anyone. And, you know, you run across people that are just not properly, you know, tone trained and that's, that happens and that's okay. Right. It's, it can be, it's tough when people use virtues to demean us as well. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, you know, it's a, maybe, maybe I'll dive into that a little bit, but one of the, one of the realities that exists there too, though, is like, I'll, I'll be honest, if people thought that I was a cheerleader, you know, that was their, their, their thought for me, I'd be so happy. <laughs> I'd be like, thank you. I, I no, needed that. You know? They get paid. They get paid like a right, hundred, right. two hundred. Like, you know? Well, on the flip side, if somebody was like, oh, you must, you know, what position do you play? I'd be like, oh. Yes, thank you for thinking that I'm I'm that level, right? That I'm that I'm doing that role. But yeah. when somebody twists that and says, "Oh well, oh well, you must not be that important in that role," right? Or they they use that to kind of say like, "Well, you should be over there, not over here." Like with yeah. LeBron James, and they said, "Shut up and dribble." It's like, yeah, stay in that corner. You, you know, know to, to put a box on that, and so then that person doubling down, you know, and saying, "No one, no one cares what you think." Uh, like, whoa, that's, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's interesting. So uh, what's interesting about that is that you stayed in the organization. Um, you know, you found your way to play ball, you know, you, you kept yourself from crying, but how did you, um, yeah, how did you manage to move forward in, in an environment and that you would have come across that environment probably over and over people do. Yeah. So how did you stay involved? You know what I realized? Because I love that organi organization overall. Like that yeah. organization was the best highlight of my career. Like, honestly, I'll talk about it and I'll go back over and over to it. And I, and I still have respect for the CIO to this day. Like I said, we we talk we and we yeah. keep in contact. But that's just one bad seed that was within that organization. Correct. And that's usually what happens is when whenever there's organizations, there's always going to be bad seeds. There's always going to be that person that you run into that has a high status that is on a power trip, right? And you know, within you can't you can't protect yourself or shield yourself from, you know, running into those type of people. So, why should I stop what I have going on because someone makes the company their personality, right? I always saw it as if someone is taking the time to try to keep me in a box or or keep me down or you know, keep me in this limited space or try to insult me. I always, it, it for some reason, it always fuels me. It's like a God-given tip to like, I'm like, hey, this is great. I must be on your radar because there is no way I would be paying attention to someone that didn't spark a threat to me, right? So I always saw it as that. I'm like, this is great. You just fueled me even more. Like, so it, 
after a certain point, when I realized this is the journey that I'm going to ride, this is my ride, I was like, I'm up for the journey. I'm going to run across bad seeds all throughout my career. And that's okay. Even in entrepreneurship, you run across it. That's okay. But if that's something that reminds me that I have one more person to prove that this is where I belong. And I will keep going on this mission until I feel like, you know, maybe I need to go to Bali and just say, you know, I've taken all this bad energy. I need to like, you know, maybe go, you know, release it somewhere and like a right. peaceful. But so I, I, it doesn't bother me. It just fuels me, which is, you know. So next leadership thing we can learn from you then, how did you develop the diplomacy skills to mm. coexist with that, with the leaders that had a power trip towards you? Mm. Um, that's a great question. And I think, you know, okay. I would say every strength that I have definitely comes from the root of me, right? I grew up in Southside Jamaica, Queens, right? It was already a, a thing that you, you're just a kid that doesn't make it out. Like it's a thing. So you're already mm. going against people that you're supposed to, that's supposed to love you and care about you. That's telling you that you're not going to make it out. Like, why are you different? You're not good enough. And you have a small group of people that's really rooting you on, but they really still doubt you. Right. So right. I think from the root of me being young, I've always had people go against the grain of what I wanted to do. And I've built that that no one really has my back, right? I have myself. And even though somebody may have my back, I don't look at it as an right. asset. I look at it as great, great. That's great. I have one cheerleader in my corner, but I have about 5,000 people that are rooting against me. So for me, I didn't know what it looked like in the corporate field. I didn't know what that looks like. So I was like, hey, you know, I'm gonna run across people like that. That's just people. That's in your nature. You run across that with your friends. You run across that with family. It doesn't matter. You have to coexist because my goals are way bigger than this problem. <laughs> like Whatever problem you have with me has nothing to do with my goals. <laughs> That's how I see it. It's like whatever, whatever's going on in your head and your personal vendetta with me or how you feel about me has no reflection of where I see myself. So that, that, that's already there. So that's how I coexist. And again, it kind of powers me up. Like, um, um, I like to call it myself like the Avengers. Like all I need is the infinity stones. Every time someone just is negative or I have a negative person doubting me in my space, it's like, ah, I just grabbed another infinity stone. You just leveled me up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't pay attention to it. I don't. And if I did, it will, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, to be honest. I wouldn't. I, I understand that. Um, I have in many, many cases allowed that to hold me back. So I know, I know firsthand um, what you mean by what, you know, I know I could be a lot further along if I had not allowed um, the, the problem that somebody had to defeat me. Um, yeah. So, you mentioned something else that I didn't learn until probably 28 years old. Um, and you said, you know, you have this healthy mindset that somebody may have your back and it, you're not being ungrateful for those individuals. In fact, I would say you're honoring them. I didn't learn to do that. I, I was, I read in a therapy book that, um, we break the first commandment from a Christian standpoint of, uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me mm. when we put our spouse in the position of being our savior. Wow. When we rely on them for anything whatsoever. Yeah. 
And the same is true of all relationships. So if we have a tendency to say, oh, that person's going to take care of this, you know, or, oh, that person has my back, they're going to take, you know, we are dishonoring them when we Ooh. rely on them to be in that scenario versus honoring them by, you know, taking care of ourselves, making sure that, you know, we're moving forward, whether it's God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. But I like have that. to be responsible for me. Yeah. And you, you own that. So yeah. That's Mm, I yeah. like that. Um, all right. Go, go ahead. You got something else? Yeah. God definitely has shown me that he's in control regardless. Like everybody here is just like, I always see it like this. If I do run against people that I have to kind of coexist in that space that isn't really positive or beneficial for me, I feel like God is just training me for what, what I have to deal with in the future. Right. It's yeah. just a little prep for whatever's to come. This, there's going to be a bigger beast that's bigger than this, right? That's going to come. And it has always felt like that. Like when I started, it was very small little issues. People that loved you, right? People that cared about you, that still showed you certain love, but it was little doubts. But it prepared me for the next layer and the next layer and the next layer. So I always look at it as, okay, take note of this. This is something that you have to work on, not, you know, allowing to Fill your space, right? Fill it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love the way that you let you you talk about it almost like an exercise of strength, um, right? It's preparing you for that future opportunity, which is often labeled adversity, challenge. Oh my gosh, life sucks. Look at what we're going through. Yeah. But it's usually on the other side of the hard workouts, you know, is is the reality. Like, whoa, look at what I'm capable of doing now. Look at how much life has improved because of these experiences. So. Um, to get out of that subject a little bit, though, and on to the lightest of light paths, what's your best leadership experience? What's that one look like? For myself or for somebody else? What do you think? Your, your call on this. This can be even one if you saw in a movie. It's your, your choice. Okay. I have one because I, I want to give a shout out to this, like somebody who changed the course of like my career, I would say. So um, I had this one boss who it's so interesting. I told you earlier in the show that I never applied for any job after Dallas Cowboys has kind of just been like, hey, you know, reference. Um, but I remember being interested in this one role. And um, one of my coworkers was like, hey, we see that you're doing this work already. Um, there, I got an email about an open role for this one boss that he highly recommended. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. This could be the next trajectory in my career. This was the first time I ever applied to something in like years. Hmm. So I was like, I'm going to give this a go. So um, I told him I was interested. And he's the boss that, you know, was hiring. The hiring manager was like, hey, um, let's jump in a call and let's chat. So I'm like, okay, yes, this is it. So I get on the interview. I'm thinking this goes well. This is going well. Like, this is my dream job. I'm going to be in my dream location. I have already started planning what house I was going to build. And then two weeks later, he calls me and he tells me, you know, you know, unfortunately, I had to go with another candidate. You're not just ready yet. Um, and I remember being heart shattered and just breaking my heart. And I remember they solid. And I said, okay, what are some things that I could have done better or can learn to be prepared for this next time this comes around. And from there, it changed his perspective of me, right? So he actually, 
from there, he started to coach me. He was like, this is the things that you need to do. This is the 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 courses that you should take. These are the, the lessons that you should think. This is a, these are the people that you should meet and, and co-mingle, right? This is just who you should talk to. Just being a great mentor, right? Taking, taking the time that he didn't have and just really mentoring me. And then from there, a year later, he calls me. He's like, hey, I have this job for you. Um, do you, are you, do you want to come to so-and-so? I had already accepted another job, but he was like, I, I've been watching you in the background and he stayed as like a great mentor for me, but he changed the course of just my positive attitude, like taking a, a, a interview experience that usually people are tired, they exhausted. And he just provided great, just leadership to me throughout my career. You know, you see great talent, you, you mold it. You don't, you don't hurt it. You don't, you don't, um, lessen their, their abilities. You strengthen their abilities. You make them better. You motivate them to be best. Right. And that's where my whole triumph of encouraging people that there is more for you out there. And this is, that's kind of what birthed the whole, my social media platform was like, there's more for you out there. And I take that on with everybody who I hire. I'm like, I want you for my company, but if you outgrow this company, it's time for you to leave and I support you because you're going to be the best story that I tell, you know, if you go and you become a CEO of another company, they're going to come back and say, you know, she works for so-and-so and I was one of those people that was along your journey. So it started with somebody like him who really changed that perspective for me and curated this mindset that no matter what the circumstance, motivate people. If somebody leaves my company, although it may hurt me and my company and it may suck because I may really truly value them, it's the best. It's the best thing to see the best for people because if I hold on to them and they're no good for me, they're no good if they outgrew the situation, they have nothing left in the tank. You got to learn how to motivate and bring people into the best version of themselves, you know? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. You threw down on both sides on that. Oh, I love that you were able to tie those aspects together. Uh, yeah, we we have a vision. Um, we have a, a passions assessment. Are you ready to pursue your passions? And our, our clients have to do it, um, as well as those who come to work for our team. Um, because if we empower the if we empower the people who work with us to know what they want in life and know that we're the vehicle to help them get there, yeah. Oh, they come they come to bat for that vehicle. Yeah. They're, they're ready yeah. to go. Um, yeah. so yes, preparing that path can be super, super helpful. Um, and then I love that I love that one you I don't feel like you give yourself enough credit in this reality. And, and I hope other people catch this. And you probably would if, if you were to repeat this story, but so that other people catch it, you would have never had that opportunity, I don't think, with the leader, had you not expressed the humility of finding out what can you, what could you have done to be better prepared, right? Yeah. You earned his respect, his trust, yeah. his confidence. He now knew that you were stable enough um, and yeah. confident enough in yourself to be able to receive feedback and that allowed him to have that second tier assessment of like, whoa, I should keep tabs on this one because maybe I didn't make the right. Now he's probably second guessing his hiring <laughs> choice, but yeah. he also knows that he's got a phenomenal backup opportunity. And so it sounds like he just honored the great relationship that exists. It'd be a two rock stars position for one. And now he had the opportunity to come to you later and offer something. And, and uh, that, that facilitation only came about of your willingness to be coachable 
Yeah, exactly. Taking that gut punch that really hurt and oh stuck gosh. it you out. You had already had you had your house streamed out. Like you were so ready for everything. I had everything. I had contacted everybody I know in that city. Was like, I'm coming. Because <laughs> so oh. I, I knew for a fact. I was like, no one has ever told me no in that sense where I felt so confident about it. Right. That was the first gut punch where I felt like, dang, did I, I don't know if he made the right decision, but you know, everything happens for a reason. Oh, you did take it with grace. Oh, I right. did. Oh, that's, I did. It's huge and that's hard. That is so hard. Uh, we can all learn from that. Um, so I have a feeling I probably have a few moments in life where I reflect back on this and I'm like, oh, I should have done that. You know, I should have been, yeah. I should have been ready to, to be more humble. So, all right. So yeah. if this was the last lesson that you could share ever. Um, right. What powerful lesson can other visionaries learn from your experience? Okay. Your journey doesn't stop at a person, right? Usually people hinder us from going forward, whether they discourage our dreams or we get too occupied with people and, you know, we lose fact of everybody has a mission and a purpose in life, right? Whether your purpose is as big as what Jesus had to go through or is as being the person that is the messenger, right? It's a purpose. And it is up to you to stay focused on your journey and your, you know, your parallel effect that, hey, there's a bigger plan for me here. And I'm a part of a bigger mission that no one really knows what this is for. But along the way, there are always gonna be people that throw things at you because these are tests of life. Are you strong enough? Have you learned your lesson? Can you get through this, right? Those are things that are meant to stop you in your journey. And this applies to every factor in life, career, relationships, money, financials. You'll owe, Everybody has a story. That's the thing. But the thing is the people who meet their purpose or they find their passion are the people that say, I'm stronger than this moment. I'm stronger than what has been thrown at me. And I have to see it through because once you see it through, we always look back and say, I didn't understand at the time, but I understand why I went through it. It always, we all have that moment. So I always say persevere through and trust yourself. The biggest thing is trust yourself. You've lived in yourself longer than anyone has ever lived in yourself. You know what goes on in your head more than anyone else knows what goes on in your head. Trust the decisions that you make. And the moment that you feel like I'm getting too comfortable, this is too easy, that's your sign to say, it's time for me to shift. It's time for me to challenge myself because you no longer are to live in this area that you're in. So continue on in your journey. Nailed it. I'm with Christina. Love this lady. Uh, love this conversation. This I, I this is one of those where I just want to overindulge and keep going. But for the sake of everybody's time and for the sake of your abilities to meditate on what was taught as well, like I said, take some notes on this opportunity. Uh, learn what you can. Of course, you can follow Teresa on LinkedIn and other Instagram. You got like forty two thousand followers on Instagram. Uh, and growing 300,000 followers um, in total up to this point. And, mm -hmm. you know, if if uh, you guys have any questions for Teresa, don't hesitate to just drop a comment um, in, the, in one of the social channels. We'll be happy to forward that to her, make sure she gets it. Um, and Tesly, we can't wait to see that come out. When's the website coming out? Put a little pressure on that. I know. I'm hoping February. It was supposed to be January, but you know, I had developer beef. So I'm hoping February. <laughs> it's coming. It's like, right. It's, that means it's right on the, the burner. Um, and that's good. That's it's exciting. Time. 
Yep, absolutely. So everybody keep an eye out for that. We'll of course put the updated link in the show notes so that that's there. Visionaries, if you if you have a vision you'd like to share, don't hesitate to apply to be on the show, by the way. You can also do that on the page. Um, and again, if you're uh, if you're in a career, if you're in a position where you might be transferring careers, and this is going to be a great tool to help guide you on that process. Uh, what's another resource that you recommend in the meantime, Teresa? Um, we do offer like free courses and stuff like that. Um, I always reach, I tell people to kind of just look at LinkedIn at your job recs, what's required, right? If you start there and then you work your way backwards, then you can know, okay, what is it that I have to do to meet this, right? Mm -hmm. um, TikTok is also a central place to, uh, let's keep it real, that's where most of my information is dispersed. Um, so TikTok, definitely use that, you know, but be have discernment. <laughs> Don't just take every information, but have discernment. Mm -hmm. Well said. Absolutely on that. So Vision Pros, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate having you on the show, Teresa, and we will see you guys all in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building